Hey, this is Kiran Nagar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Joe Palo with us. Joe is a sales coach and trainer to top producers who want to double or triple their results by making emotional connections with big buyers at Transcend Logic. Joe, first of all, let me welcome you to the show. So, Joe, how are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it. So, let's begin with the story. How did you became a coach, and inspired you to become a coach? I think it started out when I started selling. Learned how to sell by selling books door to door. My in college. That's how I paid my way through school. Part of that is you learn how to sell, but you also learn to teach other people. Went down to Charlotte, North Carolina, did not even have a car, worked my tail off. And in the summer, I was in the top 5% to the nation. They invited me back as a manager, wow. and that's when I started coaching the second year. And who do you coach mainly, like the top executives or business owners or who? My clients range from nonprofits to defense contractors, financial advisors to the top mortgage broker in the United States, Olympic gold medalists, mm-hmm. basically people who are interested in growing their business either personally or their team. Okay. And uh, you have done more than 30,000 sales calls and you have over 35 years experience with sales. So please tell us about something that today's aspiring entrepreneurs should know about sales. I think the, especially if they're starting out mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, starting out in sales, they have a thought that sales is you push people and you make a sale. I coach against that where I'm not a good salesperson, mm-hmm. but people buy from me. And there's a difference. I look at it where I help them figure out what they want and why they want it. And they tell me why. I just sell that. So if you can tell us about the best way, okay, best way of wanting someone to persuade someone, right? What would that be? There's a uh, process that it actually, you can go to convertsalesfaster.com. It's a free download where walks people through a process, but basically you look at it in sales, there's two sales that have to happen. There's a logical sale, there's an emotional sale. Both are important, yeah. but we know the emotional sale makes things happen. The logical sale confirms it. And people get mixed up, they keep on selling logic. And I look at it like there's two buckets that have to be filled, you get the next step. Okay. The logical bucket is filled with my voice, the salesperson. I'm the expert and I know all the facts and figures. We have marketing departments behind me. We're really good at making that logical sale. The emotional bucket is filled with their voice. It's what they want and why they want it. We get both of them filled, we get the next step. We have to look at the sales process. A lot of times we go out and we have a great meeting with somebody. On a scale of one to 10, it's a 10. I mean, it's they're laughing at my jokes. It's just a great meeting. They're saying, can you come back in two weeks and I want to see your proposal. Mm. We've had those meetings. Both buckets full, we got the next step. You yeah. come back in two weeks or two months later, and that meeting is different. They're quiet, they're cold, and you walk out of there with, I need to think about it. And we never get back in to see them. Okay, so the two buckets, what I want to look talk about in sales, the logical bucket's finite. Yes. If you have a bucket full of water, you can't put any more water in it. If you have someone logically sold, you can't sell logic anymore. The emotional bucket, again, is filled with their voice, and that's holes in it. When we come back in in two weeks or two months, that emotional bucket's empty. They're not go forward until you get them and their voice to refill that emotional bucket. Then you start selling the logic piece. That's the biggest mistake in sales. We just stick with the logic. It makes sense. We don't ask enough questions. Why do you want it? What does that look like? How, how can that help you? I need that. I want them engaged emotionally before I start to sell. That makes sense? It totally does when it comes to selling someone and persuading someone, wanting them to take an action that you desire. And that is by asking questions, asking the right questions, leading them to them imagining the best emotionally for themselves. So tell us about the secrets of top producers. What are their secrets? What do they like? uh, Does numbers play a very important role and to what extent? When I first start working with somebody, the first thing I do is make sure we have clarity on what they want and why they want their vision and their goals. It starts with your thinking. I don't really want to engage. I strive 
never the coach, teach, train, speak until I get people emotionally engaged. Same way as selling, same as leading or same as coaching. So I have them old school. They create a vision board. It's a piece of cork with a frame around it and it's pictures of what they want because our mind speaks the language of pictures. That's their first action item and they have to send it back to me. And then we talk through it because as a coach, I need to hear what they want and why they want it because it makes a difference on how I coach them. But I need them to hear themselves say what they want and why they want it because it crystallizes and clarifies their goals. So that's the first thing I do is make sure we have a clear vision on what they want and why they want it. And sometimes it can change. That's okay. But we have to be aiming at something. Otherwise, we'll get nothing. The said mentioned numbers, that's usually my second conversation. We need some sort of speedometer to figure out if we're having a good week or a bad week. We need to track to measure something. It doesn't matter what. There's a thousand things we can track. And I know we're salespeople. We really don't like tracking. It's just not in our nature. But we have to have some speedometer. Maybe it's number of referrals or number of questions you ask or whatever. But that's the next piece. And I have them say when we call, hey, how'd we do last week? On a scale of one to 10, how did you do on your act, your activity? And it could be like, I, I use the phrase sparking time. That's where the spark starts the sale. It's usually when they call to set up an appointment because that's where it all happens. You get all the marketing beforehand. That's good and it's needed, but it doesn't mean squat until you set that appointment where you can come in and, and do your pitch. Yeah. I call yeah. that sparking time. Got it. So my next question lies about earning, okay, earning system that you have for top mm-hmm. So tell us about it. It basically, it's when we have go in the sales, it's like going in the battle. You have a battle plan and as soon as the battle starts, you throw the battle plan out the window because it doesn't mean thing. Same as a sales call. So this is an acronym that I created and it stands for something you can do and kind of flow and get back to it keeps you on track. Process. The E stands for I need to evaluate their current reality. I need to ask a lot of questions. Ask enough questions if I'm making an apples to apples sale, I have to ask enough questions so I know type of apples they have. If I'm doing something different, apples to oranges, I still have to ask them questions and know what type of apples starting with. So that's the E. I think a lot of salespeople do that. The A, and it's E-A-R-N-I-N-G, the A stands for what are the advantages of what they're doing right now? What do they like about their current vendor? And I get pushback. People say, you know, Joe, I don't like asking that question. I'm kind of talking them into staying where they're at. And I love asking that question because one, it differentiates me for everybody else. I get different results because I do things different. It screams confidence. If you're asking, what do they like about their current vendor? That is a very confident question. And a confident person has to ask that and they'll respect that. Biggest reason, whatever they like, whatever the advantages, they're telling me their hot buttons. Whatever they like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I got to close in two minutes or two weeks or two months. I got to have some of that. So that's the E and the A is revise. What do they want to change? This is the major reason why they're going to go forward. I don't lead off with it, but this is the major reason why they're going to go forward. And I personally think as busy as we are today, if I'm sitting down talking to somebody, there's a problem. Otherwise, I would not be there. If you're sitting down talking to someone, there is a problem there or you would not be there. So it's an EAR. And who can say no? Who else needs to be involved in the decision-making process? Uh, there are sometimes you want all the decision-makers in the room, but there's sometimes that they're not. And ideally, you can't do it all the time, but I'll back out of some meetings if I can, professionally and politely. But if I don't have the right people there, I don't want to do that because now I'm going to have to come back in in two weeks and give my dog and pony show again. Or worse, this person is going to sell my product for me and they're not an expert on it. And they're going to sell me for me and they're not an expert on it. But again, sometimes you can't get out of it, but I really strive to have all the decision-makers there for a, a no who can say no to this. The I simply interpret back what they just said. It's incredibly powerful. So just for clarity, we take a couple minutes. And I just want to repeat back what I said to make sure I said it the right way. Is that all right? And I go on a rant. It does a lot of things. It's like, holy crap, this guy listened to me. And I'll say, Paolo, you said it better than I did. I'm just repeating it back. Mm-hmm. And mentally, I'm on their side of the table and I have not even started selling yet. The biggest complaint in sales is no one listens to me. This forces me to take notes and listen. And I repeat it back. And it's a great, great tool.
If you want one advantage, do that one thing and you'll see some results. The second, and nothing. What if nothing changes? That's that because it creates a sense of urgency. And a lot of times I'll get a fluff answer. Well, I know we'll be in the same spot. I'll push back. Well, well, seriously, what else? Because I want them. I need that sense of urgency. I want that a little bit uncomfortable. They're not going to go forward until we get them uncomfortable. What if nothing changes? Or I clarify that. I make sure they give me something to work with. And then the G is the game. What is the pay value? If you fix this problem and it didn't have to deal with it and cleared up two hours out of your week, what would you do with those two hours? What's the game? Yeah. And again, I haven't even started selling my product. I've just kind of created an environment where I can. And they basically told me how to sell them wow. and why to sell them. Totally. Earning system sounds like a plan. So do make sure that you follow that plan. Joe, my next question to you is about social media and videos. So you have a mic there. You do your podcast. What kind of podcast do you host? Is it a video podcast, audio podcast? And what is your take on social media platforms, different social media platforms? I may not be the best person to ask for this. And here's why. My company, Sell Nothing, has been in business eight years. Up until two months ago, I've never had a website. Mm -hmm. I've never done a podcast. I don't do any Facebook. I'm doing all those things now because I purely believe in, as part of my coaching, referrals. My Mm -hmm. business has been 100% referral-based for the entire time. So understand that part works. Shifting as writing a book, it's how to sell nothing, the logical way to make the emotional sale. Because of that, I now have a website. I'm starting to do podcasts and I have a Facebook page. So I'm not the best person for that, but I think there's a blend there. So experience-wise, I don't have much of a preference. I'm just kind of don't know what I need to know. I mean, this is probably my 10th podcast that I'm doing right now. So you're not the best person for social media because you don't have the information yet. Do you believe in social media? Like, Do you think that- That's absolutely why I'm doing it. Yes. Uh, And part of it too, at my coaching, the one-on-one coaching that's at the executive level, there's not a lot of people there. But as my book comes out and I'm going to have have uh, an electronic workbook that comes along with it. That's why I'm moving in the direction of social media. I mean, I just haven't, but I'm open-minded and I'm going in that direction. So it can be like an asynchronous class yeah. and you can learn about referrals or they can come in and, and let them go at their own pace. So that's kind of why I'm making that migration. It just has not been needed the way I'm, my business model has been built up till now with the one-on-one coaching. But as I expand and add more products than we can do, that's why I'm doing more social media. Any courses that you might be launching down the line? Are you thinking of it? Well, the whole book is going to become out. It'll be, a, it'll be electronic workbook. It's how to sell nothing. And we're just finishing up the final piece on it, pieces on it. I think August 1st is going to be the uh, release date. And then we'll have the electronic workbook come along with it. Got it. And uh, sell nothing, right? So Correct. what's the concept there? What does that mean? Basically, sales is an emotional connection, a relationship. How to sell nothing is a logical way to make the emotional sale. Walks people through that process. It gets them, well, let's look at it this way. You're going to see a doctor. Doctors cannot fix you until you literally tell them how or why and what's wrong. I can't sell anyone until they literally tell me how and why and what's wrong. That's what I need to know. That's selling nothing. It's not a product. It's a relationship. It's helping having them say what they want and why they want it. And I just sell that. My product should fix that. If it doesn't, I'm not going to close. But how to sell nothing is a relationship relationship sale more so than the product. Yes, you have to have a good product. You have to back it up. I get that. But you have to have a connection with that person. They have to know, I want to know what they want and why they want it before I close. Totally, Joe. What a wonderful way to put that. So tell us about the best ways of reaching out to you. Tell us about Facebook website that you're building, Instagram. Yep. You can go to sellnothing.co, not .com. The M was taken. It's too expensive for the M. <laughs> a little, little humor there. Uh, a Bitcoin company bought Sell Nothing, but sellnothing.co is my website. Uh, you can also go to convertsalesfaster.com, convertsalesfaster.com. 
That's the download for the earning piece. It's a free PDF. It walks you through that piece. And I recommend printing it out and putting it right by your keyboard, page four, so you have it right there and you walk your clients or your prospects through that piece. And if you want to reach out to me directly, joe at sellnothing.co. Joe at sellnothing.co. Joe at sellnothing.co. Do reach out to him, guys. Instagram ID, do you have any? I do not have this. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got to give you a lot of, I'll get this first uh, Facebook up. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Joe Pal. Speak of final two questions, Joe, before we let you go. So the second last question is about sell me this pen. Okay, example. So if I were to ask you, sell me this pen, mm -hmm. and you think uh, sell nothing formula, okay? You ask the questions to direct me towards the sale. First, I'm just curious, how long have you been using that pen? I have been using pen for like from childhood, 24 years. It's the same one or you use different ones? Mostly different ones. Okay. And when you're changing pen, causing you to change from one to another? I look for the smoothness, which one is the smoothest, and then I look. The colors, right? Colors matter. That's something I look for. And then that I don't look for anything. Do you ever do any work where you're sitting across the table from a client? You got to sign a document or a contract? Yeah, sometimes. If, if they're bigger deals, it, is it advantageous to have a more prestigious pen or it doesn't really matter? What's your, comfortable for you? I suppose having luxury pen would be of choice when it is a bigger deal. I'm assuming if you'd want to have the pen, it'd be uh, reliable and be able to have refills where you wouldn't have any issues, concerns with that too. Yeah, there should be a refill that should be changed because I don't want to buy the expensive body again. And as far as deciding, you're the one who's going to decide what type of pin you want. It's, mm -hmm. There's no one else involved. It's just up to you. It is up to me, yes. Just curious, what would happen if you were at a meeting trying to sell a contract and your pen ran out? How would that, what would, you, what would that look like for you if it ran out of ink? It would be a terrible thing that would happen. Could you lose the deal? I can. I won't, but it would be delayed and which is not good for the company anyhow. So if I heard you right, you like a pen that has smooth ink, it's, it needs to be reliable, you like to have different colors, yeah. you're okay having a little bit of prestige because when you're closing deals, you want to make sure you have that element. Yeah. You want to be reliable. Is that accurate? Totally. If I showed you a pen like that, would you want to look at it? Please. There we go. I don't even talk about the pen until the end. Yeah, we didn't talk about the pen till the end. You just told me what the summary of my needs were and went well. I'll buy an expensive pen now after this call. <laughs> <laughs> so, the last question, Joe. Thank you so much for telling us how to sell a pen. Next question is about any final messages for future entrepreneurs, current entrepreneurs that might lead them to have more business and build more sustainable long-term relationships. As far as with uh, entrepreneurs and their startup, I think that, and I work with a lot of them, I'm doing some grant work out at UW-Washington with six uh, entrepreneurs or startups. The piece that I'm finding out, and I've known this for, or seen this for a while, but I've got the company, I'm a startup, I'm living and breathing and dying for that company. That's mm -hmm. that's my baby. I've got unconscious competence where I speak to it and I know it internally. When you get to a certain point, you turn the company on, you start making sales, you're out going through your friends, your COI, center of influence, and you're making your sales, and you do it. You can just speak to it. But you get to a point where now you got to start running the company and someone else has to do the sales. They don't have that internal drive or knowledge that you do. That's where a disconnect is. That's what hurts startups. It's a transition from me, the CEO, the founder, mm. being the salesperson, handing it off to someone else. That's where this earning piece comes in. That's where the relationship piece comes in, where you have to have a process of what you do needs to be transferable to your downline. That's the biggest thing I think told back startups. Yeah, wow. And that is something that has happened to my business as well because I have transitioned from me being the salesperson to somebody else and uh, that didn't go pretty well. But uh, yeah, uh, what's the redeem? Like how do you like the process, right? How do we set the culture of the company so that everybody synced with the higher vision? I think it's the same approach I do, whether you're running a company or building a team or coaching. And it's, you know, the old cliche, 
if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And that's true in sales. If you help them get what they want, they want to fix this problem, you're going to get what you want. It works with your team, your your employees. If you help them get what they want, maybe it's a house, a kid, take the kids to Disney, pool in the backyard, whatever it is. If you help them and they see you as a vehicle, you've got the results. Wow. So just get give people what they want and you'll get what you want guys with that said that's you follow with us joe final message any you were giving i just say if if you realize in sales kind of a, a, a joeism whoever's talking is buying selling situation if i am talking more than you are i'm buying your objections in that same situation if i get you talking more than me you're buying whatever's in my bag Okay, got it. So, thank you so much for so many sales tips in this small amount of time, Joe. We have learned something today. So, with that said, we'll let you go. Thank you so much, Joe, for being on the show. I appreciate it. I had fun. Thank you. Thank you so much again. I am your host, Kirnagrad, signing off. You guys take care. Bye, guys.